0: Man, how many people are glad they come to a church we have to keep asking for generous people because we're growing. That's awesome. We gotta, we gotta change our perspective sometimes. And if you're new here, uh, I know sometimes at church asks for giving, just realize that when people are generous, it's so that you can sit in the seat you're sitting in. And we hope that your coffee was good, the worship time was great. And uh, if this is your first time, my name is Sean Jensen. Me and my wife, Lizzie Jensen, we pastor here at Authentic Church. Can we give it up for our first time guests? Let them know we love that they're here. We love that they're here. Thanks for coming. Uh, so in this video, we decided to show it again. We showed it last week. Our interns and our worship director, and obviously Tabby and Blaze worked hard on it. Not just that, Blaze, the kid in this, he was actually praying for kids last week back in Authentic Kids, which is pretty amazing. That's our kids are praying for other kids. Like, we need to have childlike faith, right? And maybe pray for an adult this week. Let's just. No one's gonna clap for that. All right, so. If Blaze can do it, we can do it. And so we have been actually trying to prepare for fall because we know that when fall comes, people are back from vacation. And so we showed the video twice because we realized that people didn't see it last week because some people were on vacation. So that's why we showed it twice, so that people can hear our vision or heart on why we're raising the $30,000 in the first place to renovate all these areas. And honestly, guys, if we can get to the first part of the kids area, we want to get that done before the fall time because the kids are packed out. We, We need another room to help with our uh, squad members to help with these kids so that they can be impacted and encouraged so every gift matters and I just want to encourage you that we're over the $2,000 mark you guys I think last week like $500 came in last week so what's that's awesome that's encouraging and and so yeah that's awesome yeah we clap we clap at our church Not just that, uh, if you give to that today, we would really encourage you that generosity makes a difference. And we don't ask lightly at our church. We believe in the kingdom of God and how we can be generous in that. And you're actually sitting in someone else's sacrifice uh, that people have done that since day one. And so we are grateful for amazing people in our church. And if you're giving to that in the offering segment today, uh, there's on the envelopes, you can put blessed as you give towards that. Or uh, if you go online, there's actually a drop-down arrow that says blessed that you can choose to give to above your tithe as well and so we love that you guys are giving to that and real quick I do want to celebrate you guys in March we give an annual report of what came in the year before how we use the money and we set a mark right we said if we want to maintain this year and just maintain which we don't do we were like we we need this much money to come in but we said but we're going to challenge us to go above and beyond so we can do more for the kingdom of God and we're asking for this on a weekly basis and you guys since that time have been giving like this on a weekly basis so I think that's pretty amazing. <laughs> You guys took the challenge. You've been obedient. <clears throat> not only, it's not, it's not just people who are giving, but your hearts are opening up to what God wants to do in your life. And I've heard amazing stories in that. So, Sometimes as a pastor, I do that. And now we're going to do a crazy hard transition into James. So we're going to jump into James. Uh, We've uh, started as a church in the book of James uh, two weeks ago. So this is our third week. we decided to take five weeks to look through the book of James because we believe it's a practical book. It's an encouraging book. And so we challenged our church two weeks ago that we want to read the book of James together. And so if you have an iPhone, you can open your camera app and you can scan that. If you have a barcode scanner app, you can scan that. Or go to your app store, whatever that is, and look up YouVersion Bible, and then you can get Journal James. And what we've been doing is reading the scripture, observing it, how can we apply this, and we've been praying and asking the Holy Spirit for help. And listen, we realize as a church, the enemy's not scared of a big church. The enemy is scared of a united church and so when we read this word together we become united and you're like sean it's been two weeks i'm like no you can still go through this and spend your 25 days throughout this summer it's never too late if you dropped off last week you can jump back on don't let the enemy defeat you and getting in god's word to change your life guilt is not meant for you shame off of you get back into the word and watch god transform it so we'd love to have you join with us some of you guys have been seeing in that i've been hearing encouraging words uh, you guys have been grabbing me on Facebook, Instagram, in the, in the halls, in the lobby, and just tell me how much this series is blessing you. Thank you for letting me know that. That's super encouraging as a pastor, um, because it's a little bit different than my teaching style usually, but we've been having a lot of fun. So if you were here last week, can I hear amen? amen. Wow, and you came back. Last week was rough, right? Like, <laughs> let's just be honest, like, faith without works is dead like we talked about demons and death and all these things and we challenge ourselves to put actions to our faith and you all came back on the fourth of july weekend you're tired you made it i think we need to praise god for the amazing people in this church you are you are the holy christians like that's james three we're going to be in three this week we talked about enduring the first week we talked about faith and action the second week today we're going to talk about our tongue james three says this in the message translation Don't be in any rush to become a teacher, my friends. Teaching is highly responsible work. Teachers are held to the strictest standards, and none of us is perfectly qualified. We get it wrong nearly every time we open our mouths. I rejoice for that one. If you could find someone whose speech was perfectly true, you'd have a perfect person in perfect control of life. A bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. It only takes a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that. By our speech, we can ruin the world, turn harmony to chaos, throw mud on a reputation, send the whole world up in smoke, and go up and smoke with it. Smoke right from the pit of hell." If you were joining us this week for the first time, last week we realized the author of this book, now you know, is very straightforward. He doesn't pull any punches. He doesn't sugarcoat. He realizes that sometimes the believers need to be challenged, not to feel shamed, but so that they can continue to step into everything God has for them. And how many people know sometimes when you have to take toxic things out of your body, it hurts, but the reward is great. And so James begins to talk about the tongue. Lord, I pray right now in Jesus' name that your Holy Spirit would speak these words. Uh, These are not my words. These are your words that you penned through James. And I pray that we would lean in today, that we would be expecting today. I don't care if we came in with a wrong heart if we came in with half-passion, I, t- I pray right now in this moment that we would wake up, that our ears would open up, and we would realize that what you are speaking could literally change the relationships around us. It could change your life. It could affect everything we do. I pray for one word or one phrase or one sentence or just one thing that someone can take that could change the trajectory of their life to happen today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, So some of you may not know a lot about me, you know a lot about my girls. I have two girls, but I also have a brother and a younger sister. Uh, My brother is 13 months older than me. Uh, I don't know if my parents realized at that stage of life if they knew how babies come, uh, but they came really fast. So my brother was born, and 13 months later, I was born. uh, And so we, as we grew up, we had some friends, and we're from Pontiac, but we spent a lot of time in the big metropolis city of cornell uh cornell was 500 people it's about 10 minutes away and uh, my grandfather is a pastor out there and uh the community would actually put on this thing called cornell days and in that time cornell days was a big deal like people came from a lot of different places there was talent shows there was flea markets there was games the firefighters came out and had games with like the fire trucks and uh And so we would go out there, and we loved the flea markets. Like, it was for a couple days. We loved the flea markets. Now, listen, we love the flea markets, but we love the practical jokes and the smoke bombs at the flea markets, right? A smoke bomb to a 12-year-old is like, heaven like that when you can light off a smoke bomb and so we would buy smoke bombs every year different colored ones and stuff like that and uh, there was white ones as well and we decided me and my brother and a couple of our friends really good encouraging life-giving friends decided that we wanted to play a prank in the middle of cornell days where hundreds of people are we said let's light a smoke bomb and throw it in the trash can in the middle of the park and cause smoke to come out, and people think it's a fire, and they'll start going crazy. I know, it's a brilliant plan. You guys are like, this is a great idea, Sean, like, and we thought it was, and we were with you, and we're like, let's do this, and so we took a white one, not a yellow one, because we wanted to be believable. We took a white one, and sure enough, I forgot who the culprit was, probably my brother, because he's crazy, and so he, we lit it, and we just walked by, and was just like, threw it in and just like kept walking. It was like a covert operation. And uh, sure enough, we sat back across the road and watched where uh, my, my grandfather's church is. And we sat there and watched the part. And sure enough, smoke began to rise out of the garbage can. And we were like, yes. You know those times where your pranks just like go perfectly, right? The smoke comes out and all of a sudden people begin to look. And you could see the utter tear in their face like, oh my gosh, it's the middle of July, there's Cornell days, there's fire, and they begin to run. And we see people running to the garbage can, looking in, running back. They're yelling at people, they're pointing at people, they're directing people, and we're over by the rock by the church going yes! Like, evil laugh. Like, we're just, like, rolling on the ground. We think this is absolutely hilarious. And we're like, man, it's just, like, if they would just know it was just a smoke bomb. They're freaking out for nothing. And before I said those words, I looked over, and giant flames were coming out of the garbage can. And me, my brother, and my friends went into my grandfather's church and just said, Lord, if you have any... (laughs) We just like, you know, it's moments like, this is going great. Like, then he's like, oh gosh, like me and my brother were arsons at the age of 12 and 13. Like, that's what we became. And I don't know about you, but has your tongue ever done that to you? Right? Have you ever put yourself, have you have caused a dumpster fire in your life causing chaos all around you because of this thing right here? Like, I've realized that even a prank or a joke in a matter of moments, just a little spark, has now caused pandemonium, chaos, and other, just honestly, just craziness in a park. And people are trying to put out what one person started. James wants us to know that this is the same thing that happens with our tongue. If you're writing notes, the name of this message is Accidental Arsonist. Because if we're honest with ourselves, most of the time the things we say, we don't mean for them to have that much weight. But then we turn into arsonists and we begin to burn the things around us because of how we talk. Accidental arsonists. If you're not taking notes, write this down. Accidental arsonists. We're a note-taking church. We can look back at it. Some of us are living in chaos in places we don't want to because of our tongue. James is writing a letter today. He writes five chapters in his book, five chapters, and he spends 12 verses of his five chapters, already a short book, he spends 12 verses talking about the mouths. James wants us to understand how this thing can really cause a lot of pain in our life, but it can also bring a lot of joy in our life as well. And so he begins to address these things. And here's the truth. If James was writing this today, he wouldn't just say, Watch your mouth. He would also say, We would say the words you speak, the content you post, the text you send, and the tweets you use on Twitter. He's not just saying it's just this, he's saying your posting and your tweets and your texting and your Snapchats. He said, Look at these as well. So much drama, so much pain and chaos because of our tongue. And James wants us to look into it and realize, man, we got to get this thing on hold. We got to understand that this thing can hurt and it can help and it can heal. And so James spends 12 verses talking about this. So if you are in a place right now and you're in other chaos and like chaos and hurt and pain because of your tongue, I pray this would encourage us that we can begin to look at our tongue and watch our tongue closely and realize just what it can do. So if we want to train our tongue, first and foremost, we have to understand what we're working with. What are we working with here? Well, James would first say this, he would say, our tongue is powerful. Our tongue is powerful. Man, it is so powerful. It is a, the strongest muscle, I believe, in the body. And I can even, I can, I can show you, I have an illustration for it. but you're gonna have to, can you stand up real fast? Just real fast, just jump to your feet. Just stand up real fast. I can show you how strong this thing is. Man, I just lifted more people <laughs> with my tongue than TJ can squat with his legs. You see that? You can go ahead and sit down. But honestly, just like that, I lifted a whole auditorium of people. No one else can do that. I believe the tongue is the strongest muscle in the body. It can be used. It is powerful. It is strong. Solomon goes even further and says it this way in Proverbs. He was the wisest man to live. He wrote a whole book called Proverbs in the middle of our Bible, and he talks about wise things that we can apply to our life, and he says this. He says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. You're eating what you're speaking. Your diet consists of what you're saying death and life are in the what power of the tongue solomon goes so far to say it was the words that created the heavens and the earth and our words can create joy or they can create chaos There's power in our words. It is important to realize just how powerful our tongue is. Some of us may not realize today that the thing in our mouth is actually very, very powerful. And we've overlooked it for so long. But today, I'm just gonna let you know how powerful it is. Why? Because with great power comes great responsibility. That's what Uncle Ben told Spider-Man. You can look it up. I said Aunt May in the first one. They corrected me. Nothing about scripture, but just about Spider-Man. (laughs) Spider-Man. No, I love our team. But think about it. With great power comes great responsibility. Could it be the reason we're not responsible with our tongue is because we don't realize the power that's in it? And we just use it flippantly and speak all the time and say these things? Man, Proverbs says, and you might as well just keep your mouth shut, those who talk like me the most always get themselves in trouble. He says, with great power comes great responsibility. we got to realize this how powerful this is. This isn't just hurting people and breaking people. This is death in life. If you will look up the statistics of the suicide rate and how big it's gotten and realize that most of those statistics come from people who have been bullying and abusing people with their tongue. And you're going to tell me that the power of death and life aren't in our tongue. It's killing a generation right now. So we need to realize that we have weight in our mouth. We have powerful things right here. And what we think is a joke could honestly end someone's life. The power, the life we have in our our life, the, the death we have in our life can come from the power of our tongue with great power comes great responsibility my 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 pastor friend shared a video not too long ago he's in West Virginia and I thought it was absolutely hilarious and this week when I was preparing I was like can you please send me this video I think it's going to really illustrate what I'm trying to say about the powerful tongue that we have and sure enough as good pastors are hits is a student director at his church and he's like hey let me help you preach that thing so he sent me this video and I want to show you this video of their student director at one of their student nights they're having like a a, a redneck night because it's West Virginia uh, They're having a redneck night, and this is what happened with the student director at the redneck night. Check this out. How many people thought that bike was going into the building honestly like like oh move those poor kids like sean never do that to our kids that try please never do that hey here's the truth though i bet next time that he gets on a bike he will wear a helmet he'll wear like knee pads he'll wear those like wrist pads that your mom made you wear when you were rollerblading all the time you know like like screwing along, like he would have everything on, and he would probably be a little bit more cautious the next time he gets on there. Why? Because he realizes just how powerful that machine is. Some of us need to realize just how powerful this is. When we realize how powerful it is, we'll respect it and we'll use caution next time we use it. We'll wait before we speak words of death. We'll wait before we speak words of hurt. Why? Because just like that thing that could have went into some kids, that thing could have hurt him. The same is with our tongue. And when we realize how powerful it is. We'll use caution next time we use it. We have to realize, just like that dirt bike, this thing in my mouth is powerful. So before I just open it up, I need to realize the effects it can have on other people. Paul would tell at this point in Ephesians four he'd say, Do not let any unwholesome talk. Listen, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Paul says, don't let anything that's unwholesome come out, but only what is useful for building each other up. I wonder how many of our kids would be built up if we kept their mouth shut more. If our words aren't helpful, it's a good chance that they're hurtful. You're like, oh, I'm just being sarcastic. Guys, you are talking to one of the kings of sarcasm. It's something that we have to fight against all the time. We live in a sarcastic culture, and I know we can go overboard with that, but check check this out. The Greek word for sarcasm comes from this word to tear the flesh apart. And something that we just excuse. Actually, we spend more time being sarcastic than building each other up. I'm telling you, if all you are is sarcastic and never building each other up, you're going to leave people malnourished and never encouraged. Every time we come next to someone, we should be, if we're speaking, it should be to build someone up. What if we thought about, before I open my mouth, is this going to build them up? What if I thought about, before I open my mouth, is this going to build my kids up? Is this going to build my family up? Is this going to build my wife up? Is this going to build my husband up? Is this going to build my friends up? If our words aren't helpful, they're probably hurtful. And some of us realize today, man, my tongue is powerful. James says it's powerful. The same thing that created heaven heavens and the earth, God's given us authority to speak things and it's powerful death and life are in the power of your tongue what are you eating from what you are speaking some people may feel discouraged today sean i wish you would have told me this when i was like 12. i am 40 years old now and i have been speaking a whole lot of words of death i am thank god that the same tongue that speaks death is the same tongue that brings life so even if you're here now it's like i can't move forward now you can start speaking life today and you can give that to god and watch him turn your situations for your good So begin to speak life today. The same tongue that brings death is the same one that brings life. Begin to start now. So our tongue is powerful. James will let us know today too, our tongue sets the course of our lives. The tongue sets the course of our lives. I love that James, actually in all the Bible, James uses the most word pictures in five chapters than we see in most of the New Testament. He's, he's, use, he's using stories and illustrations to really help us understand. And man, that's so good for me because I'm, I'm a picture person. I see illustrations. That's how God speaks to me. And so he uses this idea starting in verse 3 that we read. It said, a bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. So what he does is he takes a horse and he takes a boat. And he helps us understand that with these big things, like a horse can be, I don't know, six, eight, I guess a big horse. I don't even know, like between, I think it was like 800 to 1,000 pounds a horse can get between 600 to 1,000 pounds. Some of you are like, no, not absolutely not. Anyway, so, but they can get that big. And one thing about a horse is I have seen, mainly on fail army, I have seen people get, jumped off horses bucked off horses with no like no energy and no strength at all like they're just riding it and it's just like boom gone I've seen kids people get kicked by horses and they go back like 10 feet just like that yet this big animal you can put someone like my five-year-old daughter who understands how to use a bit and they can control that thing And you look at a boat, this big boat that's being pulled by wind, and the water can be moved by a little rudder. He's saying these big things can be steered by something so small like your tongue. Don't overlook how powerful the rudder is. Don't overlook how powerful the bit is. No one says, wow, you have a good tongue. That's weird. If they say that, don't don't be friends with them. That's (laughs) I like your tongue. Your eyes are cool too, but your tongue, it's really setting the pace for me right now. That's weird. Don't say awkward. Sean, you're getting yourself in a hole right now. Anyways, but the truth of the matter is is this. Listen, the truth of the matter is this little thing can steer this horse. It can steer this boat. But the thing is, is there's got to be someone to steer it. Who's steering your life? Who's in control of your tongue? Because most of the areas and the situations we are in, We have made decisions because of what people have done to us. And we have spoken out of anger. And now we are in a destination we never wanted to be in. Which means we're not really the captain of our life. We're allowing someone else to be the captain of our life. Now, when we don't forgive people, they become the captain of our life. When we take offense in, they become the captain of our life. When we get angry and upset, they become the captain. And we begin to speak these words that get us into a place we don't want to be. And he says, just like the sail, just like the boat, you're the one controlling where the body is going. This is really encouraging to me as a pastor because as I speak to you, you guys are like the boat. You guys are like the horse. As a pastor speaks, I'm going to lead you to words of life or I'm going to lead you another way. So I get judged as a teacher even more stricter by God because of the words I will speak. So if we're like, I can't wait to be a teacher. Just remember that our words can steer towards life or they can steer towards destruction. And it says just this little thing. And some people look like, yeah, well, you're trying to tell me, Sean, that this is one of those messages that what you speak, like you'll, become, like you'll step into it. Like what you speak, like you're like one of those motivational speakers. Yeah, I am. Do you want a demotivational speaker? I can become that next week if you want it. Let me practice. You all suck. You're never going to do anything in life. Your mistakes are too big for you. I hope you're feeling really bad about those things as well. I don't know what God's going to do for you now, but you know what? Just go and try to survive. All right, have a good week. I could do that. Or I could tell you the truth of God's word, and even though you're aiming towards that way, I could get you back on the right path and say God's grace is for you. You can get back up. God still has life in store for your family. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to direct you on Sunday, but listen, I can direct you on Sunday, but your tongue is going to direct you throughout the rest of the week. Some of you are good on Sunday, but by Monday, Sunday night, you're like, I hate Mondays. And guess what? Your Monday is awful. Why? Because you just steered the boat that way. Oh, man, there's always chaos in my home. Well, well, you're going to steer your boat to chaos? Then you're going to have chaos. If you, You're the one speaking into that direction in the course of your life. You are literally living in the house you built with your words. And you're complaining to God about it. And we're complaining to other people about it. And we say stuff like this. Well, what else could go wrong? (laughs) Let's try it. Let's find out. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing is, as we need to realize with your kids, man, you are, some of us are speaking our kids right into insecurity and a lack of confidence because of how we're talking to them. Right? We can steer a horse. We can steer a boat. And some of you say, Sean, but life sucks life is hard sometimes i know that it wasn't my words that brought me into the storm listen i know we live in a fallen world i know people look at this message and go sean that's great you're saying that but that's one of those self-help ones where you speak and these things are good and all that and you say hey speak this thing and you end up in there and that's exactly what i'm saying because james literally said in here he said a small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of, listen, a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. Oh, I love that James put that because that's super challenging to me because James not saying, hey, your tongue is like a boat that's sailing on smooth waters when everything's good, the sun's out, the wind's perfect, and you can steer where you want to go. He says, but even in the strongest winds, Even in the storms of life, even when everything is going to hell in a handbasket, you can still steer that boat to where you want it to go. I know everything may be bad, but our God is good. I know that you may not have money right now, but my God will supply all of my needs according to his glorious riches. I'm preaching to myself right now. You can watch me because there's some things in my life that get stormy. And he says, hey, just because it's stormy doesn't mean you have to keep talking negative. Even in strong winds, you can still steer the boat. I'm not saying we don't acknowledge the pain. I'm not saying we don't acknowledge that we're going through a hard time. But, man, we have people in this culture, anxiety-ridden, depression-ridden. We have all these things happening, and I am not belittling it. There are people and prophets that deal with depression in Scripture, and God still uses them. And they, they voice those things. You're at a church where you can voice your depression. You're at a church where you can voice that you go to a counselor. Why? I go to one. You can voice that you go and deal with anxiety, but once you voice it and you've realized you deal with it, if you keep trying to find articles to make you stay where you are, you'll always stay where you are. I I love when people are like, oh, Sean, listen, I know you're talking about anxiety, but you just don't understand. Man, that cuts deep. Just because my mouth says one thing doesn't mean I deal with anxiety at home someone who deals with OCD and these things like God has delivered me from it, but I had to make a decision. This is what I'm struggling with, and I don't know if I'm ever going to overcome it, but talking about it and talking about my depression and always throwing a pity party about it and saying I'm never going to get out of it, I'm going to stay in the same spot I am. But if I look at God's word and say, even though it hurts, and even though the winds are strong, and even though the storm is raging up, my God promises hope. My God promises joy. My God promises peace. And even though mourning may last to the I, joy comes in the morning i'm going to get myself and talk myself to where i need to be some of us need to realize today yes i'm struggling with these things but man the more i keep talking about it, that's where my destination is we got to speak to where we're going a lot of us are good at talking ourselves out of things maybe we start being good at talking ourselves into things man talk yourself into that joy Talk yourself into that peace. Man, you can do this at church, by the way. Man, the longer you come to church, it's easy just to come and not expect God to move. But man, I just got to believe as a pastor on my way here that I'm like, man, today's going to be the best experience we've had to date. We've been going for six years, but today's going to do something. And God's going to show up. He's going to bring freedom. He's going to bring peace. Why? Because I'd rather be saying that than, oh, I got to serve again today. Oh, are we going to go long? And we went long last week. And this is what happened to that. Well, guess what you're going to get out of it? Nothing. But those who come in prepared and speaking, they're like, I'm setting my sails up, and I'm steering right into the blessings that God has for me. Quit steering your life away from the blessings and start sailing them towards the blessings of God. Speak those things. Our tongue is powerful. Man, I didn't talk myself into this situation. I need to talk myself into it. There's been so many times in my life I've talked myself out of things it's about time I start talking myself into some things God has for me and what he has for my family. I know my kids are going crazy right now and I want to say this about them, but you know what? Instead, I'm going to steer them towards who God says they are. I'm going to steer them towards what God is asking me to do. The next thing is this. Our tongue can destroy in a moment what took years to accomplish. Our tongue can destroy, and James wants us to know that our tongue can destroy in a moment what took years to accomplish. I love this analogy. He says, just like a forest is caught ablaze by one spark. I don't think it's by accident that James used a forest in this passage of scripture. Because think about it. How long does it take a tree to grow? I mean, have you ever sat and watched a tree grow? It takes forever. You know the saying that the best time to plant a tree is 100 years ago? The second best time is today. It takes a long time let alone a forest a whole forest of trees listen he uses this analogy this beautiful big giant forest of trees growing he says that thing that took many years to accomplish can be destroyed with one spark of the tongue what does that look like that reputation that took years to build can be destroyed by one tweet on twitter that acting position, like, right? That acting position that we see throughout the world, and now they can't even act anymore because of something they had to throw out on Twitter. Why? Because something you built your entire life can be taken out in a moment because of a spark of our tongue. I don't know what you're going through. Maybe it's a thing in your life, and maybe you're this all on fire. It's a blaze in what you're going through. James wants us to know a spark can take out an entire force. So we have to think about this realize there's weight to our words, and the things that God has been building in our life can be destroyed in a moment. James actually preached in James 1 about the same thing, and he revisits it in James 3, but he said this in James 1. He said, understand this, dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry, in that order. I love that they put this, because what he's trying to say is, you have two ears, And one mouth. And there's a reason for that. James wants us to understand in this moment that if we want to be slow to getting angry and slow to speaking, we first have to be quick to listening. Here's here's what I mean by that. In this day and age, we, we live in a dumpster fire of a culture. And the main reason why is because we have a lot of people who are angry, upset, offended, defensive, whatever it is, And instead of listening, they speak real fast because they're angry and then the fire ensues. James says, if you want to do this in church, we're not going to let the culture of this world infiltrate what's going on here. He says, if you want to do this in the church, then we need to realize as people that we need to be quick to listen. Why? Because when you're quick to listen, you may be upset about something, but the more you open your ears, you may begin to understand actually where that person is coming from. And actually when you realize that the reason they hurt you wasn't really the reason you thought they hurt you, you would understand them a little bit more. You'll be easier and you'll be slow to speak and you'll be slow to getting angry. There's some people who have gone through some things worse than some of us in here. And yet we speak before we understand them what they've been through. And this is what's happening right now in our culture. Man, our culture is a dumpster fire. Have you noticed this? Or am I the only one? It is chaos. Pandemonium. It looks like Cornell days via 2000. Like this is what, why? Because we live in a day and age where people can share their opinions without understanding. Man, spiritual maturity is realizing you have an opinion, but you don't have to say it. Try that. That right there shows where you are with being a follower of Christ. Well, I want to tell them. We don't have to. I always tell people this. Tell them the truth is important. How you tell it, more important. And right now in our culture, we have all these different sides and people pitting sides. Why? Because Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and, and Twitter, what we can do on there is we don't have to take time to listen to other people's story, but we can post our opinions all day long. And what are we doing? We're not being quick to listen. We're being quick to speak and quick to get angry. And what we need to realize as a church, and I'm challenging us as a church, that we would be slow to speak. Why? We'd be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to getting in. Angry. So now in this day and age, can we listen right now? It is so easy to make a post when you don't understand what someone else is going through. And so we have people on different sides. We we post about abortion, and here goes abortion. Sean, what's your thoughts on abortion? Well, I believe based on scripture, there's nothing in here that says murder is good, and I believe that it is wrong to abort a baby. I believe it is murder. I believe it is the biggest genocide of our culture. I am vehemently against it because our God is against it. But on the other side, if you've had an abortion, God God's grace is for you i love you i'm glad you're here i'm thankful you made it to the house god is not looking at you in shame he says i can still help you but we have people who go, well look at this and we push people out who've struggled with it because we don't understand what happened to them we don't understand how they were raised and why they had it instead we just shame them with our post but if you would sit down with that person and realize here's why i made the decision no one was there to help me no one was there to listen to me i was scared And I was fearful. But we don't take time to listen. Then we push people out the church doors. And if you're here today. And you say, Sean, you're so strong on abortion. Absolutely I am. But you know what else I'm strong on? Grace. And if you've had one. You're welcome in this place. And you can talk about it. And if someone shames you for it. I'll deal with them. You are welcome here. I want to let you know that we have... Black lives matter, all lives matter, blue lives matter, all these lives matter, everything here, and we just throw a post, and throw a post, and say what we think, and do this, and we're just speaking, but we're not listening. And we don't know where they've been from. And yes, all lives matter. Yes, blue lives matter. We love our cops. We love our police officers. I'm so grateful for them. Man, they were working on the 4th of July while we were having a good time. I'm so grateful for our cops. They put their life on the line every single day so you and I can be safe. They get shot at. They get misunderstood. They get posted all over media. And they go through situations. They have people spitting in their face just for being a cop. But on the other side, you've never been a black person too. And we don't realize what they've been through and that we don't realize that we have people in our church who are raising kids and they have seen people look at them differently, speak like them differently, and actually kick them out of environments because they were black. And what we do is we say, no, all lives matter. No, black lives matter. And this is not going to infiltrate into the church. What we're going to do is say, I know one thing. I'm going to be quick to listen. I don't know what you believe. I don't know where you are, Republican, if you're on the liberal side. I don't care where you are. What I care about is I'm going to sit down and listen to what God is doing in your life. I'm going to listen to what you've been through and what is breaking you and what's hard. And I'm going to give you something that's better than my opinion. I'm going to give you Jesus and his word because that's what this culture needs. And that's what we gotta get to. I I didn't expect this to become a political message. This isn't a political message, this is a Jesus message. I'm saying wherever you are on the spectrum, Scripture has the answer to it. But just because you've struggled through it, don't let someone on their high horse tell you what you've been through is bigger than the sin they went through. They just forgot that God saved them from their sin too. Just realize, church, please, this, this is a moment as a pastor to your church. Watch what you're posting, watch what you're tweeting. Watch what you're throwing out there. Take time to listen. I'm so grateful for people in our church. And if you have differences, find the common ground. This is what we believe in. And if you're here joining us, like, I don't even know if I believe this yet. That's fine. But this is what we are as a church. You can figure it out as you follow Christ. I believe this is the rewarding life that God has for us. But... We have to realize that we have to be quick to listen, so to speak, and slow to get angry. Our tongues can destroy in a moment what took years to accomplish. Right now, our culture, dumpster fire. Our church is going to bring healing. That this, what better time for the church to get united than when our, when our whole nation is divided? We are going to be the only thing that they see united. And when they see it, they're going to want it. And when they want it, they'll see Jesus. So we're not going to let that infiltrate the church. Instead, we're going to say, here's what I think about this, and here's what I think about it. Well, let's go get coffee, and let's bring God into this situation. And even if it's unsettling to me, because I've been living this my whole life, I'm going to do what God wants, because I know if it's God, what God wants, it's the best for us. But I'm going to take time to listen first, before I throw out my post, and cause more to the fire. Be quick to listen, so to speak, and so to get angry. I didn't even get to the vaccine part, so you guys are lucky. Anyways. <laughs> so now we know the effects of our tongue has in our lives good and bad we can direct life and death so james says how can we tame this thing how so, okay sean so now i realize that if i still have a problem trying to control us how can i do it what does james say next on how we can do this james says this this is scary you can tame a tiger but you can't tame the tongue it's never been done the tongue runs wild, a wanton killer. With our tongues, we bless God, our Father. With the same tongue, we curse the very men and women he made in his image, curses and blessings out of the same mouth. We praise God, yet we talk bad about people. So here's the tension. You just gave us all that information, Sean, and James says, sorry, can't be tamed. That's what he's saying. Like, he's literally like, you, can't, you can tame a tiger, you can't tame the tongue. Like, it cannot be done. Cool. All right, guys, have a great week, right? Like, James is, like, telling us this information. He's trying to build this message, and then all of a sudden he goes, well, figure it out. But I think there's something deeper in this, because here's the truth. We can't tame a tiger, but we can cage a tiger. We can put a leash on a tiger. So maybe the goal isn't taming the tongue as much as it's guarding and caging it and leashing it. Actually, Jesus helps us look into how we can tame the tongue a little bit better. In Matthew 12, when Jesus was on the earth, he was teaching, and he says something so profound that I believe adds to this. He says this, A tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. He's saying, if there's lemons on that tree, it's a lemon tree, right? If you're a cynical fruit, you're a cynical person, right? Like, look at the fruit. How could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. I use cynical because that's me, by the way. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. and An evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle work you speak. Use them wisely. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. So this is what what Jesus is pretty much saying. He's saying the tongue speaks what the heart eats. What we are speaking from our tongue comes from what is seeping from our heart. So maybe the goal isn't really taming the tongue. Maybe it's looking at the heart. Solomon would say it this way again in Proverbs 4. He says, guard your heart above all else. He literally says, of all the Proverbs I've given you, everything I've spoken in this whole book, above everything else, do this right here. Guard your heart, for it determines the course of your life. What we allow in our heart will direct where we're heading in our life. Why? Because when it comes into our heart, we'll speak it out of our mouth, and then there goes our boat sailing that way. We don't have a tongue problem. We have a heart problem. And when we begin to find out what's in our heart, and what's hurting us, and what's painful, and what's broken, and the bitterness, and the unforgiveness, and the offensive, when we begin to let the Holy Spirit work on those things, I guarantee you'll see a difference in how you speak. Why? Because when you let unbelief in your heart, you'll start speaking doubt when we let fear in our heart we'll start speaking control and worry it's a heart issue it's not a tongue issue listen we can't tame we can't tame our tongues but we can guard our heart so here's a couple things I, I will show maybe some of us deal with bitterness something that's happened to us right or wrong it shouldn't have happened but if we don't take care of it and guard our heart it turns into hurtful words gossip slander victim mentality and everywhere you go you're a victim greed we have no money They don't deserve that, right? We stop blaming ourselves for what we have, and then we look at other people and say, they don't deserve it. Jealousy, I'm not good enough. They don't deserve that. Fear, it's control. I can't use our words to control. We use our words to control people. We get negative. We get cynical. We get fearful because of fear. I'm never gonna be able to pay my taxes off in Illinois now. But my God says that he'll supply all your needs according to his glorious riches, that if he takes care of the birds in the air, he'll take care of you as well but we're speaking from a place of fear because we haven't guarded our heart. Unbelief, we start speaking pessimistic, no hope. God's, not, God's really up to something. The best days are right ahead, Sean. Guilt, here's a big one. Some of us have messed up and we think that our sin is bigger than God's grace and we guilt ourselves, and we are still living over sins we made two years ago and God said they've been forgiven and because we haven't guarded our heart from it, we begin to speak, God could never love me. He's gotta be so mad at me. He doesn't care about me. And he's like, I love you more than you know. My grace covered that, and I'm still working in your life. Why? Because we didn't keep our heart guarded. So how do we keep our heart guarded? When When things happen to us, we have to realize this. Just because things happen to us doesn't mean they have to get inside of us. They can happen to us, but let them not get inside of you. Talk about them, yes. Give them to God through prayer and his Holy Spirit. But guard what's in here and ask the holy spirit to reveal what's already in there and begin to purge the intruders that shouldn't be in there in the first place worship team you can come on up it's a very teachy message but i want to give you two resources that actually helped me in my journey with this because i realized that man my mouth was off it was talking fear it was talking unbelief it was talking cynicism and criticism pessimistic hurt paint and god began to say sean it's not a tongue thing you're trying to get a hold of this it's there's stuff in your heart You want to find out what's in your heart look at what you're speaking like don't just be like oh i didn't mean that like you know when people say stuff they're like well i said that but i really didn't mean it the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks so when it speaks just acknowledge it we are failed people who make mistakes acknowledge that's what you're speaking and realize okay that's coming from something that i've allowed in my heart god show me that so i can work on it I began to work on that in my life. And I can tell you guys, I'm not where I want to be, but by God's grace, I am so grateful I'm not where I used to be. There's more peace in my home. There's more peace in my family. Man, there's hope in our church. There's so many things that are happening in our church because of things I had to take care of in my heart. And some of us are still holding on to issues that we've dealt with for years. And God's saying it's time to throw out the intruders because it's gonna say, set your course. Your bitterness is set in the course of destruction. Your unforgiveness is set in the course of pain and hurt. Your victim mentality is sending you to a a place of prison and God wants you free. Two resources that helped me do this are these two books. They're incredible. Enemies of the Heart by Andy Stanley and How's Your Soul by Judah Smith. Fantastic books that said, look at your heart. Stop looking on the outside, start focusing on the inside. These books have been so encouraging to me in this journey as I've been trying to obviously God's word. So my encouragement for you today is this, I know that we found out that our tongues can destroy in a moment what took years to accomplish. And some people are sitting like that right now. Man, I, I destroyed that, Sean. I'm, I'm sitting in my fire right now. Can I tell you that even though our tongue can destroy what took years to build, our God that we serve can restore in a moment what took years to destroy. So if you're here today and feel like you're down out, if you give it to God, He can restore things quicker than we ever could. And He can do it. And I know he can do that. So Lord, I pray right now in Jesus' name. Thank you for this message. I pray that we would not just walk out of here thinking, Lord, that that's not for me, but Lord, that we would honestly realize that every word is powerful. That what we are in, Father God, are decisions that we have spoken. And I pray, Lord, that we would take a healthy look at our lives and realize, man, there is power in our words. And that we would begin to speak words of life. And when the words of death come out, that we would take them back and say, nope, not that one. And that we would cover it up with your grace, Holy Spirit. I believe right now. I don't know what it is, but I just sense in my heart in this room, man. These people are so hungry for this word. They've been asking you, Lord. Why do I keep putting myself in these situations, or why am I still? Why do I keep seeing hurt in my life? I pray right now, Lord, that they would begin to purge the hurts in their hearts, so that they can put their tongue on a leash. Well, I thank you for your goodness, Holy Spirit. Do a deep work in us today. Whatever we need to do this week to take into account, let this word not fall on vain ears. Let us take time to write out what we're dealing with, what we're struggling with, because we want our words to lead us to life that you have for us. Holy Spirit, help us today. In Jesus' name, amen. With eyes remaining closed, though, I'm gonna, I'm gonna move forward real fast. In scripture, scripture is very, very evident. And James would say this too, that we are not saved by, by, by our works, but we are saved by God's grace. You see, if you are in here and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, he said, follow me, but you have yet to follow him. You can do that right now today. Says Sean, how do I do that? It says, believe that he is the son of God, that he died for your sins on the cross, not you. He died for our sins and he rose again so we could start a brand new life in him. No, nothing you can do, deeds, good works will get you right with God. It's only by believing in faith that Jesus came, died and rose again. And now he's in heaven waiting for our arrival if you're here and you haven't made a decision you are still separated from god separated from god and god doesn't throw people into hell because he wants to they go there because of that separation because of sin he can't be he can't be affiliated with sin so it's our sin that puts us there but thank god he gives us a choice to choose him So if you need your sin eradicated, this is the moment you pray a prayer and say, God, forgive me for my sin. I choose you today. In that moment, your past is gone. Your sin has been covered by God's grace. Your debt has been paid and you are a brand new creation following Christ. So as a church, we're gonna pray a prayer. And if you need to make that your prayer today, could you join in with us and make it your prayer today? Hundreds of people have made this decision since we started this church and you can be another one too. God sees you and where you are. Church, repeat after me loudly, please, to help those around. Say, Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die in my place. Forgive me for my sins. I give them to you. I want to be made new. I choose you today. In Jesus' name, amen. With eyes remain closed, just like that, with your faith extended, you are now a brother and sister in the kingdom of God, you are now a follower of Christ, a child of God. Doesn't mean your life will be easy, but he promises to always be with you. And when this life is over here on earth, even though it'll be full of life and purpose now, that you graduate into heaven with Christ forever. And the angels right now are throwing a party on your behalf because of that decision. So with eyes remaining closed, could you just do us a favor right where you are if you prayed that prayer, we wanna put a gift in your hand. If that was you, could you lift up your hand right now? Don't worry about the people next to you. I stay close. Throw that hand as high as you can. Say, I prayed that prayer. I just made a decision to follow Christ. That was me. Right where you are, and we want to put a gift in your hand. It's the best decision you've ever made. We'll wait a couple more seconds for anybody else that says, I made that decision. Praise God. Lord, we thank you so much for the life change happening in our church. Thank you for this challenging word to help us begin to, Father God, to live the life you have for us. You're doing a great work in our church. I truly believe it, Father God. Let us not miss this word this week. Let us begin to put it into practice so we can eat the fruit of life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's celebrate God, his word. Come on, let's celebrate that his presence is here. Thanks, God.